bringing you cutting-edge insights from the world of technology. Join us to hear thought leaders explore the ever-evolving world of technology and telecoms to keep your industry knowledge up to the minute. You are listening to The Spearline Podcast. You have reached Sorry, a number, the number you have dialed is not in service no longer in service. Welcome back to the latest episode of The Spearline Podcast. This episode, Case and I are joined by Colin Condon of ODNC Advisory Services. Colin started off the episode by introducing himself and talking about some highlights surrounding his career. Colm, thank you so much for coming on. Would you care to introduce yourself to our listeners? You're welcome. So Colm Condon is my name. Essentially, I'm working now, uh, probably most of all, as a, as a HR consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before we came on air, we were uh, discussing the fact that I had uh, moved around quite a lot, and, and that's true. Um, over a period of 35 years, uh, I've worked for seven multinational corporations uh, in a variety of different sectors. Whether I move from them or they move me on, I guess, is uh, probably a story for another day. Um, <laughs> but I guess that the um, the result is the same for me. Um, and that is that I, I learned a lot um, as I moved. I learned how to leave certain aspects of how I did things behind me uh, when I moved on. And I'd like to think that I developed through the process of taking on new assignments that I found new ways to get things done. Mm-hmm. And I suppose um, what underpins it all for me uh, and the big takeaway really is that uh, the people stuff is the most important piece. For me, it's all about communication and bringing people with you. Um, it's about um, um, at the very basic understanding human behavior and how that influences um, all of the outcomes in so many different ways. And like, so so you've 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 clearly got like a wide variety of and a career that's been varied from human resource management, but you've also had a significant general management responsibilities and now you providing consulting services and business strategy and organizational transformation and more. Um, would you be able to provide any highlights of throughout your career? Um, well, you know, I think I had, uh, I was lucky enough and, uh, <clears throat> and it was a great time, uh, particularly in Ireland, to be involved in, in the whole technology piece mm-hmm. um, that really began in the uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, uh, for example, with uh, with Apple computers, um, but I joined my first company in nineteen eighty one. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a high tech company, and uh, and straight away I was dealing with uh, people who were headquartered in in Santa Monica. Um, uh, that to me was was extremely exciting, and uh, I learned a lot very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, in five or six years, um, I, I was working for uh, EMC. Um, who are another multinational corporation, and so the tech experience was uh, was fantastic. Uh, we got to travel, uh, we got to travel across the Atlantic. Uh, we got to see about how other cultures did stuff uh, and about how stuff got done. I, um, I then moved uh, out of the tech side of things into the more uh, contact center and sales center environment. Uh, again, there was a whole um, a lot of new learnings for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and dealing with um, organizations that were very diverse. Um, the organization, the headquartered in Cork, and uh, the organization was uh, very diverse here. And then to be able to move, uh, which I did eventually to a global role, um, where I was responsible for HR across t- in 26 sites um, oh. all over the world. And the experience I gleaned in that for me was kind of second to none. Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Very varied. <laughs> I am a little tired, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
I can imagine. Like it, it seems um, 2020 has been kind of the year of organizational transformation, um, whether businesses intended it or not. Um, so like work from home is here. Uh, teams are collaborating remotely. And how, how have you found the transition and what have you observed as businesses adjusted it, adjusted to this uh, new lifestyle? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole the whole remote working piece is is, is something that's of uh, great interest to me, and I've been involved in it uh, for quite a long time. Okay. Um, I was involved in it because I worked for a major corporation who, back in two thousand and ten, I would say, um, they decided to no longer support the concept of remote working. And and what had happened there was that they had uh, through many years of of M and A, uh, and the company itself was involved in 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 major projects that started and ended over short periods. But they had built up a global remote workforce, and in fact, at the time, many thousands of employees. But they took the decision at the time to either offer relocation or redundancy to most of those folks. And and their biggest problem was the, around the whole issues of mentoring, developing people. But in particular at the time, and it was around the whole topic of collaboration. Okay. Um, they believed that uh, there wasn't sufficient collaboration from the folks who were remote working to continue su- to support the concept. Now, um, I think things have changed radically in the last 10 years. And I think the, um, the biggest piece of that change uh, is around technology. Yeah. And that's my first point. Technology has improved so much. Um, however, the transformation or, or, or the change management has still been difficult. And really, I think that companies are slow to respond, um, in particular the major corporations. They're slow to adapt uh, to new models of working. They're, they're slow to accept things have changed yeah. um, and that they have to support people in, in, in kind of very practical ways. So, you know, in, in many respects, Monica is still sitting on her bed with the laptop on the bedside table mm. and the camera isn't working. Yeah. And, you know, many companies have had nine months now to fix that. So I'm a little bit disappointed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it, this, this pandemic has taken a huge toll on employees since everyone's had, had to start working from home. Like, especially like going from us now, we, we've always had the option of remote working and a lot of us were doing mm. it. So it wasn't a massive shock to the system. And, and and I think I think a lot of HR departments as well um, were struggling to adapt and prepare themselves, like to deal with all the employees working from home and not being able to physically see the employees or anything like that. This new lifestyle is it's it's a bit of a shock to the system, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, I, I guess to a certain extent, your comments kind of reflect mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I see. So, in other words, you know, companies have defaulted a little bit. Uh, to the notion that, you know, mm. it's the HR role um, that needs to uh, prepare people for this. Okay. And I kind of don't agree with that. Uh, I mean, I think it's the business itself mm. at the highest level. I, I think it's those people that need to uh, to do the mm. practical stuff, um, like fast-tracking the technology, you, you know, like, for example, uh, introducing a system for electronic signature, for example, which can, which, which can speed up uh, getting stuff done. I think it's the, uh, you know, I think it's up to management right across the business to decide that everybody needs the right tools and then they need to sign off the money for it and get it done kind of now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's up to, it's up to the business itself to give managers greater autonomy about how and when the work gets done. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not saying that HR shouldn't be involved. Of course they should. They've got a role and it's got to be, you know, they've got to be innovative and they've got to be nimble 
in how they address the issues yeah. like uh, employee safety and security, uh, physical and psychological well-being, and the whole area of uh, new leadership and teamwork models. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the issues that 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 HR needed to and need now uh, to get involved in. I mean, there's um, you know, there's a major kind of shift in in the value proposition that companies need to offer employees yeah. who are working from home, and there's no doubt in my mind that the challenge is very significant. And I, I think you touched on it there a little bit there now as well. I suppose it's a business issue as well, not just the HR department. So what do you think is the biggest internal challenge that they could face? Um, and would you have any recommendations for businesses or the HR teams who might be trying to figure out how to prepare employees for a crisis like this? Well, I think, you know, the, the biggest challenge for um, HR um, and, and I guess uh, this is the challenge that HR itself has been articulating for the last uh, 20 years mm. um, is, is, is getting a seat at the decision making table. Right. You know, so really it's up to the most impactful HR people to lead the change management challenge. Yeah. It's up to the, the, the most powerful of those people to help their companies to create the new support mechanisms. Okay. You know, the, the most effective HR leaders will instigate the communication strategy. They'll help the organization and they'll help the leadership in the organization to create certainty, um, which, is what, uh, which is what people need right now. But really, we are asking HR to step up to the plate as well right. during this type of crisis. You have reached Sorry, the number, the number you have dialed is not in service no longer Do you know if your phone lines are working? Are your customers complaining of bad audio quality on your support lines? Spearline makes it easy to test your phone lines anywhere and anytime. To see how Spearline can help your business, head to Spearline.com. Now back to the conversation. And um, at, Spear, at Spearline, we're always helping our customers communicate effectively with their customers and ensuring they have suitable high quality for quality conversation. But mm. something that we've come across um, more frequently is is call fatigue. And it's something that's popped up quite a bit during this pandemic with like more and more people using Zoom or other conference call apps. Would you would you think that conference call fatigue is a massive challenge out there? Yes, I do. Yeah, and um, it 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 just reminds me. It's just a little a little vignette of where I kind of stand on this particular issue. I started a new job in I think it was two thousand and four as the head of HR, okay. and about two weeks later, I joined a global call with two of my staff. I, I remember it clearly. It was July, glorious summer day. I remember sitting in at the call and feeling super relaxed. And then was kind of interrupted with the most senior of the, the two ladies who were in the room with me saying, well, did you enjoy that? And I said, enjoy what? <laughs> and she said, well, you've been asleep for the last 55 minutes. So, you know, call fatigue. <laughs> it is a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, the type of things that can lead to, to, to call fatigue, quality issues is amongst the biggest of all. Mm. Um, you know, I've been on con calls, as I say again, for over 20 years. Um, and the, the, the quality issues have, have been the things that have um, made the calls so difficult. Yeah. You know, we, so, you know, everybody needs to pull together to get, to get, to get, to get the quality up. Um, and then, the call fatigue thing, and I've seen this again recently, you know, there's no need for a four-hour call. 
if you can send three hours of the information to people in advance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know people say to me, well, people won't read it. And I say, well, fix that issue. Mm. Don't, don't default to having the four hour call. Yeah. 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 That, that makes perfect sense as well. If everybody's prepared, there won't be a lot of waiting around. And, and I, and I know that's not easy. Yeah. I know I've never had a, a four hour long conference call online before, but even after two hours, you know, you're, you're very, very tired after them. So it's definitely something worth trying. So I, I, I believe you're a musician as well. Um, so you'll have a, a, an appreciation for audio um, like I would as well. I'm kind of a, a stickler for good audio quality, but um, maybe you can share some of your, your thoughts about the importance of audio and video when people are working together using um, web conferencing tools. Yeah, so I, I'll I'll um, I'll deal with your allegation first of all. <laughs> yes, yes, I do play a musical instrument, uh, and from time to time, I've been known to to step out with a lively and enthusiastic dance quartet. Oh, very good. But I can tell you now that musician might be a step too far. <laughs> um, there, there could be there could be some people who'd argue a lot with that. <laughs> Um, however, yeah, I'm pretty enthusiastic about, uh, about really good audio and video. Mm. Um, you know, as I said before, I've been on conference calls a lot and I've been using video technology for many years. And, you know, um, as somebody who worked in European wide roles and then laterally in global roles, um, working out of Cork, um, you know, it was a fantastic thing for me to be able to be connected. Mm. I mean, I mean, the difference for my job was profound. I mean, the fact that I could um, sit in an office in Cork um, and interview somebody for a plant manager's job in Guadalajara in Mexico, for example, while 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 the person I was interviewing was sitting in Mexico, right. uh, was absolutely fantastic. So you know, it 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 was for me what allowed me to to be able to have a, a global role from working someplace that was deeply remote, because I mean, Ireland is is really a way on the Western side of Europe. Yeah. So, you know, I was very excited about things when, 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 when we first had the capability of, of, of doing calls and then laterally video calls. Uh, however, you know, I think disappointment again for me followed. I think my colleagues didn't really embrace it okay. I, I, because I think there were always technical issues. Yeah. The person who used it before us had changed the parameters um, equality was always a challenge. Yeah. Audio was always a challenge, particularly the further we got away from, from Asia or wherever. Okay. So, you know, I, I've become really uh, obsessed with the, the need for employees to have the right equipment, mm. yeah. best broadband, yeah. and in particular for leaders to upgrade their own tools and to, you know, to get communicating through these mediums just to get it right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm on a lot of calls at the moment. Nine months later, there's still some people who refuse to turn on their cameras. I guess probably yeah. up to 25% of participants on any call will have technical issues either with audio or video. Yeah. You know, so they're big problems um, outside of um, the fact that we're, we're a little impatient with people who are less technical. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, very often for me, when somebody is sharing a document, it's, you know, okay, Jim, we can't see the document, but just talk through it. Yeah. Um, where I'm kind of more inclined to say, well, you know, let's just take a couple of minutes, Jim, and see if you can get the document up on screen and then we'll just move on from there. And then you'll know again in future how to do it. So I think that I think that people need to concentrate um, and work on the tools. Yeah. But again, I, I think we're in a we're in a slightly different era. 
I think that um, communication is something that during this crisis has heightened for everybody. Mm. Um, I think that up to now, to a certain extent, uh, communication was probably a second on the uh, on, on the level of priorities to um, the things that leaders normally do, like planning and budgeting and reporting and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think now with the the current crisis, um, I think it's moved to the forefront. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're in a better place because of that. Yeah. I, I definitely think so as well. And I, I often wonder as well, is there, um, do you know, the younger generation, will they expect things to work a lot better and more smoother? Like I'd have a lot of issues with broadband where I live. Whereas, yeah. do you know, the younger generation, they might just expect always good quality um, from everything that they're using. So it's probably a good thing because technology will have to improve all the time. I Yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. And I think their expectations will be, I mean, they now expect they now expect that broadband's going to work. It's going to work really well. Yeah. Um, they expect at home, as I do for my kids, that, you know, when they when they shift to Netflix, mm-hmm. um, that it's going to come on immediately yeah. and that the sound quality and the, uh, and the and the video quality is going to be A1. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's a good thing because mm-hmm. I think what held back conference call technology and video technology for years were technical issues. Yeah. 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 And there was this big stigma around it. Like there was, there was a proper fear around using it. Yes. Yeah. So like we were just discussing there just how important it is for managers and supervisors to have regular contact with their staff in this work from home situation. Do you have any more tips that you might offer to business leaders who want to keep their workforce more motivated, more effective and more productive during this? Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, it's a it's a whole new world for many leaders. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, in the round, I suppose it's difficult for a lot of people to uh, to modify their style. A lot of employees are saying to me uh, that they haven't seen uh, or heard from their senior team for more than six months. Oh, wow. And uh, and that's not good. I mean, yeah. leaders need to open up. Right now, they need to open up as many channels of communication as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's very simple ways of doing these things. I mean, every manager needs to have a call with their direct reports on a monthly basis. Yeah. You know, for for more senior teams, that's even more important in many respects. You know, the um, the management handbook will tell you uh, that you need to up your communication in times of uncertainty. And that's right now. You know, there's plenty of 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 stuff for people to communicate updates on the on their response to COVID-19, for example, or updates on how the business is going or introduce some different online training and development. Or indeed, companies need to, to partner with healthcare companies and engage on, on the uh, physical and, and psychological health issues. So there's there's I think there's a lot um, that managers and leaders can do on communicating with people Um, on a kind of an interesting aside on that. I'm I'm not a a great fan of the kind of hosting hosting the virtual coffee events. Oh, no, no. Or the uh, or the or the quizzes online. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, you know, a lot of what happens in work with the interaction between people is is uh, is organic Mm. And it happens, you know, they're short interactions kind of over the day, you know, through the day. Yeah. And I really don't think this can be replicated. And, uh, you know, I, I've been at many and, you know, I'd like to be spared from the, the cringy <laughs> silences yeah. uh, and the awkward segues. So, you know, from my own point of view, I do a thing for a couple of clients where I meet with teams of managers on a monthly basis and we kind of have a casual chat, but there's always a topic of shared interest. Okay. Um, like for managers, I do things like motivation uh, or leadership itself, right? Okay. So I have a slide or two, but it's 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 a conversation for an hour, um, where I try and engage with people, and I try and get people to engage with each other, 
you know, what do you think your style of leadership is? What are your challenges? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I found with those kind of things, if there's if there's just a, an interesting topic, then you can you can hit the kind of the social interaction piece as well as having um, a little bit of learning there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like um, as, as a musician, um, how, how do you find or how important do you find having something like music or another interest or hobby outside of work to kind of keep you busy during stressful times like these? Yeah. You know, um, it's been an absolute godsend. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of, I've been given what I call sometimes the double blessing. Mm. And not only do I like all types of music, but I also mm. like all types of sport. Okay. Therefore, you know, there are many things that I can do right. when I'm not working. And there are many things that, that, that I engage with. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of, you know, again, harking back to what I was talking about a minute ago, you know, um, chatting to managers and stuff. Um, again, you know, I urge them and a lot of them are a lot younger than I am, um, you know, to take up different hobbies. Um, yeah. Give things a chance, get out there and um, do something different. Mm. And, and those things are incredibly enriching. And I've been very unlucky during the two lockdowns and um, that I've had plenty of interesting things to do. Yeah. You're never bored. So yeah, never bored. Yeah. No, not bored at all. Yeah. Cause I, I'd be similar. I'm as a musician as well, like having, you know, being able to play music and kind of, it's, a, it's kind of a release. Um, I feel anyway, I kind of do a bit of a collaboration here or there. And it's kind of a project that you can concentrate on other than work and other than what's going on in the world out there. So it's a, it's a nice distraction in a way. It is. And, uh, and, and I'm lucky enough that uh, since I work for myself mm. and I work alone at home, I can weave the two of them in together. Okay. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you mightn't get away with in every other circumstance. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think speaking speaking from my experience myself, um, just with with the first lockdown, I found myself nearly overdosing on screen time and stuff, and I I was just I hated it. It was nearly it was it was affecting work, it was affecting just my social life, and you know mm. we were trapped inside of the house all the time, and like that's all yeah. you can do. But I think that like after a while, I just kind of went out and about, started doing activities I never thought I'd start doing. Um, mm. bake, baking was something that a lot of people were mm. took up upon as a hobby, like it, that, yeah, and yeah. loads of cooking and stuff, which which was nice. So, um, mm. we've come out we've come out the end of twenty twenty with new skills developed. We, we have, and, and and one of the things one of the things again just to just to resonate with what we're doing. One of the one of the things that I really enjoy doing is walking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and when I do walk, I mean I walk for an hour and a half or two hours. Mm. Um, what what makes an incredibly uh, enjoyable uh, and incredibly educating is that I listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and and there is so much. There's so much to learn out there. Yeah, um, you can listen to the um, to the uh, you know the world's elite intellectuals talking on every topic. Yeah, and uh, it's just a fantastic way to get exercise. Yeah, um, and to expand the mind at the same time. Yeah, that's something I that's something I've learned really during the two lockdowns as well. Definitely. Yeah, so it's actually something that I do as well. I have my go-to podcasts for when I go for a walk or for a run, and kind of kind of relaxing. So it's nice. Yeah, there seems to be more of an abundance of podcasts now, which which is great. Like 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 you were just saying, it's it's such a varied topic. Like I think if you think back to maybe about even two years ago, there Mm. wasn't half as many podcasts and half as many interesting topics that you couldn't be able to listen to. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm the same. Absolutely. So you know, I mean, there is always a silver lining. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And um, uh, how much of a challenge is recruitment now um, during during this pandemic? And uh, how tough is it for new employees to start new positions remotely? Do you think? Yeah, this is yeah, this is one of those really hot topics. First of all, recruitment um, is a challenge at the best of times. Um, mm-hmm. Recruitment is something that unfortunately is never uh, is never given enough time. Mm-hmm. And then not only is it not given enough time, but very often it is outsourced to a third party outside of the company itself, which um, which makes makes it even lesser again from my mind. However, in the current climate, of course, it's possible to uh, to interview remotely, and companies have been doing it for quite a long time. That hasn't changed, but I think what's really changed is the whole onboarding experience. No onboarding. And I'm talking about the first 100 days, really, in, in, in many respects. It's so critical that during the first 100 days, people are shown what to do and people are shown uh, how to do it. Yeah. And right now, I don't think we figured, we've figured out how to do that remotely. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter's just graduated and she began to look for a job and I've, I'm, I'm advising her. Um, she's got a part-time job at the moment. So I'm saying, you know, just stick with it mm. and don't go out and take a job right now. Okay. I I think the post-COVID workplace will be a will will, will be a, a a much more interesting situation. But I think, and in particular, again, the whole onboarding thing for graduates. Um, I I don't think it's working right now. Yeah. And I don't think we've figured out a good way of doing it. Yeah, I I agree. And like, do you have any idea how what the new workplace might be come twenty twenty one? Like, what in this post-COVID world? Do you think that organizations will start figuring things out like that? Or yeah, I I'm you know. Um, I'm eternally positive. Yeah, it's a good way to be. <laughs> We'd have to be. <laughs> I was deeply sold on the paperless office 30 years ago okay. and, and pursued it with a vengeance only to be buried in paperwork. <laughs> However, <laughs> I really do think that uh, we're moving to a much more interesting um, and evolving workplace. I think distributed work is here to stay. Mm. I'm hoping for a better experience for employees. I'm hoping for a greater flexibility around family life. Uh I'm hoping for more involvement in decision making and greater levels of communication. I'm hopeful for greater levels of equality uh, across the board. Mm. And I'm really hoping that companies will be forced to take more care around people's physical and psychological health and safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, if... If we get something good like that coming out of this pandemic, which has been cruel, mm-hmm. then I think at least we'll have something good coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Great. This, this was this was fantastic. It was great hearing your insights. It, 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 we really appreciate you coming on to the show. Yeah, thanks again for, for coming on. You're welcome. I, I, I enjoyed it. Well, that wraps up another fantastic episode. A massive thank you to Colin for coming onto the show and sharing his insights and providing some advice to our listeners. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Spearline Podcast, coming soon to all your favourite podcast platforms. Spearline proactively monitors phone numbers for audio quality and connectivity globally. Our platform enables enterprises and telecommunications service providers to test connectivity and quality on global telecoms networks, testing automatically at volume. If you would like to find out more about how Spearline can help you, please contact us at Spearline.com. And for more insights and in-depth interviews like these, you can subscribe to the Spearline podcast channel. And don't forget to check out Spearline.com, where you can find all of our latest articles, white papers, and much more. Till next time, and thank you for listening to the Spearline podcast. Spearline.